Walking distance is supported by Gossamer Gear. Whether you're looking to break into backpacking or you're an experienced thru-hiker and want to upgrade your kit, Gossamer Gear has got you covered. Based out of Austin, Texas, Gossamer Gear has been supplying backpackers with high-quality, lightweight backpacking gear for 15 years, including their 17-ounce bomb-proof trekking pole tent called The One and their 60-liter Mariposa Pack. Under two pounds and loaded with pockets, it's strong enough to allow you to comfortably carry your load. And some good news for you as a listener of Walking Distance. You can score a 15% discount at gossamergear.com by using code WALKINGDISTANCE at checkout. Again, that's 15% off with code WALKINGDISTANCE, all one word, at gossamergear.com. I think I always had tendencies like this. It's just like my personality. I mean, it sounds so lame, but like when a hobby could like be analyzed and like solved, it just like resonates with like kind of the my analytical kind of brain. Like I always kind of was like a math student and all that kind of stuff. From the track, this is Walking Distance, a show for hikers, trekkers, trampers, and wanderers that proves any place worth seeing can be reached by walking there and that it's even better when you carry all you need in a backpack. I'm Blissful Hiker. Dan Durston calls himself a nerd, an analytical, problem-solving kind of nerd. When he hiked the Great Divide Trail 700 miles in the Canadian Rockies along the British Columbia and Alberta border, he had a lot of time to think, and mostly his mind was occupied with how to make the gear he was using work even better. Today, along with his full-time work as a biologist, he runs a small but very successful gear company called Dan Durston Gear, where he sells the lightweight tents he's designed, as well as backpacks and ground sheets. His philosophy is to start from the basic geometry that works and keep things as simple as possible. On top of that, he uses his own experience of decades in the backcountry, as well as a field tester and basic gear junkie, to ensure what he designs really works. And he knows from experience what doesn't work so well. Starting out as a kid, proud he could haul a monster backpack all of two miles to camp, until he discovered the ultralight community and was determined to adopt the style. I liked hiking, but like I was very traditional, um, like the huge backpack and all that kind of stuff as a teenager. And then when I was about 20, I discovered ultralight hiking, which hugely resonated with the gear geek in me. Just reading about Golight and Andrew Skirka and all the like kind of the early pioneers of that and just resonated with how I love to analyze everything. So me and a friend, we we were like going to plan this hike and I was like, we got to go ultralight. Like I went out and I bought this Golight backpack and it was the only light thing I had. So I just like pretty much didn't bring anything else. Like we didn't bring a tent. We were just like, no, we can't have the weight. And we, we planned this trip that we thought was crazy. It was it was 50 miles over five days, which isn't even that far. It's 10 miles a day. But at the time, it was like mind blowing. It was like, we're, we're so hardcore. <laughs> and we were on like day three of this trip, just thinking like, you know, we're the, we're the kings of the wilderness kind of thing. And then we actually got passed um, by somebody doing the whole thing in a day. <laughs> and they were just like out for a run. And we were like, well, like, oh, we're not nearly as cool as we thought we were. 
when you were on the PCT trying to figure out like the optimal shape for a tent that could, you know, manage the storms and have still have room and not weigh too much and also be super simple to set up. I mean, isn't that, you know, the magic tent is what we all want. Mm-hmm. What I found pretty interesting on your website is you made the comparison of setting up in your backyard and setting in a rainstorm. (laughs) You know, like, we can set up pretty much anything, and it's going to be amazing when we're first trying it out. But it's when we're really in that tough situation, the real backpacker experience. And I think that that's really something that's important to you is when you're making gear, you're thinking of, like, does it work for me? Um, but will it will it really work under difficult circumstances? Yeah, totally. And that's like that's a hard thing for me because I have tendencies in, in both ways. Because on one hand, I'm like, oh, we could, like, do this kind of crazy thing. And it's, like, it's pretty funky, but it'd be kind of cool. And I'm just, like, actually making things complicated. From, like, an engineering standpoint, it might be, like, look at this, like, it's a triple guy line instead of, like, a single guy line, and it's even stronger, but, like, you don't actually need it, and it's just complicated. I like stuff like that, but then I go hiking, and that's what grounds me. And I'm, like, I go out there, and I'm just, like, it's pouring rain, and I just want the stuff to work. These things just, like, need to be simple and field-tested, and I've come to, like, appreciate that a lot more over the years. And especially using single bowl pyramids, I'm just, like, like, this is amazing, the simplicity of it. And, like, that's what, like, I want to aspire to more than, like, an over-engineered kind of thing. You said a single-pole pyramid is what you aspire to. Can you talk about that just a bit more? So I was using a whole bunch of different tents, always, like, trying the new stuff. And then I tried using a single-pole pyramid, which is just a, a rectangle base. You stake out a rectangle, and you put your one pole in the center. And it's really simple because the shape is as simple as it can be, a rectangle. It's not like six or eight sides or something like that. And the pole's inside, so you just extend it until it's tight. You don't have to like measure it or like figure out angles or anything like that. And there's no guidelines. The simplicity of it's amazing. The problem is just that you don't get that much headroom from one pole. And the pole's right in the center where it's kind of that's a high point where you'd like to be sitting and it tends to be in the doorway. So like the fundamental challenge that was always resonating with me is like, how do I keep that simplicity that I love while solving some of those other things? And I always felt like I should be able to get my second hiking pole in there to somehow improve headroom without making it complicated. And that's kind of basically what my tent is. So was the situation, do I have this right? You're on the PCT and you're using other people's gear. It's not your own gear. And you're constantly kind of using all of those miles to problem solve to think, well, how can I make this better? Do I have that storyline pretty (laughs) (laughs) pretty accurate? Totally. Like I didn't have a phone on the PCT. It was 2014. I only got a phone actually two years ago, which is kind of crazy, but I still don't listen to any audio when I'm hiking. So I'm just in my own head all day. And that's pretty much like thinking about gear. (laughs) Um, I actually, I actually like, as much as I'm a complete geek, I'm actually also like a total nature lover. And I'm like, I'm into the botany as well. And like learning the plants and all that kind of stuff. I'm not just like a a kind of a cold hearted mathematician. (laughs) (laughs) The tents are like my baby. Cause I like thought about that for like seven years, probably like an unfathomable amount of time over those years. Tents are like so interesting because there's just so many different like things going on. Like you increase headroom and then you're worried about the wind or like everything is competing with everything. You have an idea and there's always like a catch. Yeah, you talked about this. You said something about how companies will say we make no compromises. And the fact is, is that you kind of do have to make compromises. Especially on like the weight durability thing. Like obviously the the lightest fabric is not going to be like 
the strongest fabric and like a lighter zipper is not going to be as durable. And so if, if you go for like, we didn't compromise anything because it's like super beefy, then you, in my mind, you've just compromised the weight because now it's heavy. For wind, you want to have shallower walls, like a lower tent. So it's lo a low profile to the wind. But then that's going to be bad in the snow because it's going to be too shallow and the snow won't shed. And like you add a guy line, you get more space, but now it's complicated. It's so complicated that there's always pros and cons. And you can't just be like, we did something that you know has completely only pros. Well, I want to ask you some more questions about getting into um, your company. But before I go on, just um, briefly describe, it's, it's so interesting to see how your tent works because it is, you use both um, hiking poles and very few stakes. But the body actually kind of goes diagonally inside the tent. Yeah. So that for the tent, I was like dead set on a rectangle base because that's simple. And it's also more weight efficient because there's less seams than a, than a complicated shape. Eventually, I got to the point where I was like, there has to be two hiking poles in there, but they can't be near the edges because if they're near the edges, you're going to have a vertical wall that's going to need a guideline. So I need two hiking poles in this rectangle and I need to sleep in this rectangle. So then the only way to actually do that is to sleep on one diagonal and have the poles on a ridge line on the opposite diagonal. So it's kind of an X where you're, you're one part of the X and the ridge line is crossing over you as the other. You don't really know until you get one and then you get one and you're like, oh, this is amazing. Like now you're sitting under the highest part that also offsets the poles. So there's no pull in the doorway. There's no guidelines. Like it's just as simple as the single pole pyramid. Dan Durston is a Canadian lightweight gear designer, and I find it really interesting that he admits that compromises are always made in making gear. It's more marketing to claim otherwise. And it seems to me that he's less about making the perfect tent than about trying to solve as many problems that he can, like optimizing the space, keeping things light, using durable materials that wear out at the same rate, and in the end, not ending up with a tent that's like a coffin. His goal is rather to sell a tent you can set up fast in a storm, and one you wouldn't mind spending a whole day in waiting out that storm. When we come back, Dan will talk more about the nuts and bolts of his business, particularly getting started. Now, I grew up in the 70s, and when I was in school, boys took shop and girls took sewing. I know it's kind of absurd, but there still does seem to be a barrier to boys or men taking up sewing. Dan told me that at first, he simply wanted to modify his gear, and that would take a sewing machine. But even in the 21st century, he didn't have any idea where to start except by going out and buying one. My wife actually was like at a craft store and they had a 50% off sale on one item. And they had this basically a kid sewing machine. It was, it was $40 and it was miniature and it was terrible. And she got it half price. It was actually $20. And it was like all covered in like all your kind of like stereotypical feminine stuff, like pink flowers and all this kind of stuff. But I was like, like, whatever, like I just need to be able to sew. I'm Blissful Hiker and you're listening to Walking Distance from the Trek. Walking Distance is supported by John Reamer & Associates. On a backpack trip, you wouldn't think of heading out without a map, a compass, and a guidebook. Planning for a healthy financial future is much the same. It's a step-by-step -step process. And at John Reamer & Associates, you'll get personalized financial advice to help you reach your goals today and tomorrow. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. 
Be inspired at johnremer.com. A private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, located in Minnesota with over 30 years of experience. This is Walking Distance from the Trek. I'm Blissful Hiker. I'm talking today to Dan Durston, who designs lightweight tents and backpacks and sells them in partnership with Drop.com. He got started making his own gear after backpacking both the Pacific Crest and Great Divide trails and simply wanting to modify the gear that he was using. As a scientist with an analytical mind, he taught himself the basics of sewing watching YouTube videos, but he's also been an active participant for years in the online world of gear forums and listservs, learning the craft from others. The way it kind of started for me was on, on Backpacking Light, which is like a, a web forum that's been around for probably close to 20 years now. There's some also like tons of great gear geeks on there. And some of them like know their stuff and they can sew awesome. And some of those people were great for just like learning how to like do seams and how to sew stuff and things like that. This was like way before I ever like was like a gear company. My like kind of like intro to the industry is what has been very like atypical because you kind of have like big companies with like professional designers and they're like in the industry. And then you have like one off like little cottage shops that are kind of doing their own thing. And then I'm kind of like this weird thing in between where I just like happen to into a relationship with my, my partner drop who wanted to like fund some cool projects kind of pop like halfway between those worlds where I'm kind of like an enthusiast, but I'm not like sewing in my basement, but I'm not like a traditional gear company or anything either. So I've ended up talking to like a lot of gear companies and some of them are like awesome and they like tell me stuff and like we learn from each other. Some some of their companies are not as happy with me. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that kind of brings me to this next question is it, it sounds as though you were, um, you know, modifying some gear and coming up with some ideas, but they really were to support your own, you know, hiking, your own trips. So why not just make stuff, you know, for personal use or for your friends? Why did you decide to actually have a company? Yeah, it's kind of crazy because I never really did like decide to do that. It just kind of like happened. So I was hiking the Great Divide Trail in 2017, which is 2,300 kilometers, about like 1,300 miles, hiking all summer when I finally like thought of this tent idea. And I was just going to like pull out the sewing machine and like try to make one. It took me forever, like a month to make a tent. So I was like, oh, I'd really like to do this. It seems cool. But like, man, it's going to take me forever. And at the time, there was this company that had given me some hiking poles for the trip. So this is Drop. And they'd given me some hiking poles to do a review on. I didn't like think much of it. I just had a blog and stuff. So like I got a little bit of free stuff. And then after the trip, I was just talking to them. I was like, hey, like I posted this review, whatever. And they were like, oh, like, okay, just, you know, like if you ever like have an idea for anything, like we'd love to just make gear. My motivation was just, I didn't want to sew. I was like, <laughs> that's going to take me like a month to put together. And if you guys are actually going to find like a factory to do this like professionally and I can like get a free one, like that would be great. So it was just kind of like a one-off, like we'll do a cool little small production run of this kind of niche little product. And I was like, and I might make like a few bucks and get a free one. That'd be sweet. And then it kind of just blew up. It's crazy. Like we got a batch of the two person yesterday. It's our only thousand tents for the spring and they went on sale last night and they're going to be gone today. Wow. Like It's just like, <laughs> it's hard to manage that. Cause you're like, like I probably got three, 400 emails. Like how can I buy this? Yeah. So it's been crazy. And I'm just really just trying to figure out now the future. Like I'm with the, I'm with Drop, and that's been awesome. And then I also like 
have some new ideas for other stuff I might want to do that I might just do on my own too. So I just have a little more control over those things. Um, but it is kind of turning into a real company. My wife's actually going to leave her job in a few weeks and like actually help me with this. Cause I still work full time as a scientist, but it's like I finish work and I have like a hundred emails. So <laughs> I'm so glad you answered my email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I noticed on your website is that you use ripstop polyester and not dynamy or not Cuban fiber. Why not? Yeah. I, so I get this question all this time, all the time, and I'm open to using Dyneema. I like it. What I don't really like is how it's sometimes marketed because like absolutely it's super strong, but durability has like all different facets. To, for a tent to be durable, it's got to be like, yes, like tear strength, but also like puncture resistant abrasion resistant like the floor of a tent needs to be abrasion resistant and like torsion and all these different things all kind of come into it so dyneema is super strong it doesn't hold stitching very well because it's not woven and it does over time can start to delaminate or you get pinholes in the outer layers i think it's just like should be marketed as like if you want to save a ton of weight and you don't mind something that's not going to last quite as long then like this is a great way to do it so I am I am planning to do Dyneema versions. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, it's really hard because it's actually like would just be me on my own. So it's actually like my first time like trying to be a real company, <laughs> like like fulfill orders and like all this kind of stuff. I did a I did a little practice run this spring where I sold ground sheets. It was like it's not like it's a big market or anything like that. It's just like we'll sell some ground sheets and we'll practice with the website and orders and all that kind of stuff. And then hopefully next year I can have a Dyneema tent. Um, I hope to do a pre-sale for that at the end of this year and have that kind of for next summer. You know, earlier in the interview, you mentioned um, really loving what you're doing because of the community. And part of part of what's really cool about the community is we learn things from them. And I learned something from you just right now that I keep mispronouncing Dyneema. Is it Dyneema? Am I saying that right now? <laughs> I might not even be saying it right. Like one of the one of the hard things with the community is it's all online. So you're like, you read these words. <laughs> Like I did my first video for the XMID and I was talking about grow grain. Uh, like there's webbing and there's like grow grain. And I was saying it like grows grain, like pronouncing that S in there. <laughs> and then, cause I just, you know, just read it and you're like, there's an S in it. So I'm going to say it. And then like, you're in the, you're doing a YouTube video and people are like, like who is this guy? Like, <laughs> That's funny. Um, so just getting back to this whole idea of community, I mean, it sounds in a lot of ways like you're on your own and you're you're making these things to obviously sell to the community but but there is kind of a community feedback i mean there's you have a relationship with um with the larger hiker community and with tent makers or with um you know people looking for better gear um can you talk about that just a bit yeah that's something that is i think pretty unique to like my situation and that really comes from before i was ever into gear i was just all into like the community like the web forums and comments and just like any way I can really engage with people online. I find rewarding and insightful and you learn a lot from each other and it's kind of a way of spending time on your hobby. So now that I have a gear company, it kind of puts me in a weird position because I'm very like open and just that's kind of always how I've been. And it was easy to do as an individual. I'm just like, oh, like this sounds cool. I'm not so sure about that idea. And now it's a little different because I'm a gear company and I have like invested interest. So I can't really say like, well, that tent doesn't make sense or something like that. <laughs> so anyways, it's just been a little different because I can't like talk as like openly because I have, I mean, it's, under, you just got to be professional and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the other ideas I got after reading about your backpack was just kind of solving the problem of how 
I can never, ever find anything when I'm through hiking. I mean, I have to pack my pack exactly the same way every single day or I won't, you know, I won't be able to find the things I need. And um, it sounds like you've really thought that through, too, like making Mm -hmm. sure there's kind of unusual um, places for pockets or the unusual ways they open so you can get to them without having to take your pack off. It's a hard question. One of the funny things is you think about actually the pant industry, like every like couple months, somebody comes along with like the ultimate adventure pant. You see these like ads online and there's like, we have a pocket for everything. Like your chapstick goes here and your phone goes here and like your GPS goes here. And there's like, you know, 50,000 pockets. And like what they're trying to tell you is like, you're going to be so organized. But if you actually don't like buy into the system and like read the manual and like, oh, that's what this is for. And like you can over design that for sure. Um, but at the other hand, you can also have like, well, we have one giant pocket, you dump everything in there and it's kind of anarchy in this pocket where you're trying to like find your chapstick under like five bars or something. (laughs) So I have like a vision for what I think kind of works, um, which is like smaller stuff on the shoulder straps and like medium stuff in the hip belts. And then your largest stuff in this kind of unique side pocket that we have that you can zipper access. I like it. It's really cool because you can put like hats and mitts and like stuff that's really too big to normally have. There are people do use those stretchy bottom pockets, which are cool. I like those. They just, if you're bushwhacking and you're wiping out and it's just like mesh on the bottom, like I wreck those pretty quick. You know, I wanted to ask you too about continuing doing your hiking because you say you work as a scientist and you have the business. Um, how do you fit in the time to continue hiking? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's really hard right now. I'm kind of like, my wife and I would love to hike the CDT which is like five months. And I would come home to like 10,000 emails and upset people. (laughs) (laughs) So I am so busy right now because I have a day job. And then I have like, I do a couple hours of like gear stuff before and after work. And it's like, it's really too much right now. So I kind of think of it like I'm just kind of in a tough spot right now because it's not quite at the stage where I could like hire somebody. But if it could get to that stage, then I could actually like hopefully go do the CDT and like, and pass along just some of like the day-to-day like answer every single email kind of stuff. I answer I answer so much email. It's like it's crazy. <laughs> so you speak about like your own experience and wanting to have some free time and stuff like that. What about seeing other people and their experiences, other hikers and you know, kind of how things have changed in the 20 years that you've been, you know, a backpacker. Um, which ways have they have they changed and and how do you feel like you're playing a part in that? It's definitely been cool to see lightweight go way more mainstream. And that's still like really playing out. Like if you go to like the PCT, it's like very established. Here in Canada, it's not nearly as much. We have the Great Divide Trail, which is like it's my favorite trail. It's up the Rockies in Canada, and it's like just five-star terrain for eleven hundred kilometers, so seven hundred miles. Uh, but it's you're still going to see like kind of people that kind of look like that stereotypical 70s, like huge backpacks and giant boots and all that kind of stuff. So seeing people go light's been cool. And then a small part of it that, that I think I'm playing in that is that it tended to be like this divide between like you get a freestanding tent or you get this pretty complicated trekking pole tent that a lot of people just didn't want to bother with. And we're kind of like bridging that gap because it, yeah it's a trekking pole but it's not so complicated it has been cool to actually see a lot of people that are like maybe new to like lighter gear and, and kind of they're branching out on their own ultralight journey which is pretty cool to see and they're all excited and oh my goodness like i replaced a six pound tent with this and, and that's cool i love seeing that like people getting outside and having a better time doing it this was really great talking to you and so interesting yeah thanks it was really cool talking with you it's great to relive like a lot of these memories and how things happen 
Dan Durston is a gear maker who came to the business kind of sideways, mostly through lots of online communication with other gearheads, then testing and reviewing gear and writing blogs, and then trying to solve the problems of his own gear by making modifications which required learning to sew, and then that led to making something new altogether. He's kind of blown away at the response to his tents, delighted that people like what he makes and want to buy it. But it also has taken over his life a little bit to the point where he's trying to figure out how to walk another long-distance through-hike and still keep things humming. Dan walked the 2,600 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail as well as Canada's Great Divide Trail, and he also holds some fastest-known times of the Stein Traverse in British Columbia and the Bob Marshall Wilderness in Montana. Yeah, so my secret there is is to try really hard on things that aren't actually that competitive, so that I I sound good and I and I'm and I'm pretty mediocre. <laughs> like for example, the Stein Traverse. I mean that that's a hard trip. It's like a sixty mile traverse with a lot of off trail and rugged stuff, and and nobody had really done that in a day before. And like so, for me to do it in like twenty hours was like whoa, like that's pretty rad and all that kind of stuff. But like since that, like the next year, like somebody who's like a legit elite athlete actually came along and did it in like. 13 hours. So you're like, you know, they're way faster than me. <laughs> I've put a link to Dan's website in our show notes, and you can read more about his tent design in a very thorough and analytical blog post with graphs and drawings. It's called The Volumetric Efficiency of Trekking Pole Shelters. I've also linked that at the show notes. You can check out more shows and contact us. Just go to walkingdistanceatthetrek.co. Our theme music was composed by Daniel Nass. Thanks so much to Zach Davis and Jackie Maruziak at The Trek. And also thanks again to today's title sponsor, Gossamer Gear, manufacturers of high-quality, lightweight backpacking gear and accessories. Right now you can save 15% on your next order at gossamergear.com. Just use the code WALKINGDISTANCE, all one word, WALKINGDISTANCE, Use that code and save 15% off your order at gossamergear.com. I'm Blissful Hiker, and you've been listening to Walking Distance from the Trek. Trek.